Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I'm super excited about this episode today. I think that this is perfect timing for a topic because I've been receiving a lot of comments about February and what comes with February and what's coming up. So I'm very excited to introduce you to my guests. So please meet Lisa Brandish. She's a trailblazer in the realm of energy healing. You see why I think this is a good episode for February. She's celebrated globally as the first ever intuitive Reiki master and teacher with over 20 years of experience hailing from Perth, Western Australia. Lisa is not only a visionary founder, but she's also an accomplished author and the driving force behind Intuitive Reiki International. We want to talk more about that. And her institute has become synonymous with innovation in Reiki training, leaving an inevitable mark on the global landscape. As a respected authority, she is passionately she passionately inspires and educates individuals, emphasizing the transformative power of intuition and Reiki practice to make a meaningful impact on personal growth and well-being. I am so excited to have you here, Lisa. So many of my guests have been talking about what they're feeling this month and how they're maybe a little bit drained. Yeah, it's quite common, isn't it, to have the Christmas period, which everything winds up and slows down. And then there's all these big visions and expectations that we put on ourselves and big goals and everyone's creating a bit of a buzz and then we get to February and it's, oh no, now I've got to actually action and implement some of this big vision and these big goals that I'm creating. So yeah, it can be a bit of a struggle just managing that expectation that we put on ourselves Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs and business owners. But also, yeah, just, I don't know, I'm a bit of a visionary, so I struggle on the strategic planning. (laughs) I tend to just action take and run into things and head head on into projects and things. And then halfway through go, oh, I'm a bit lost and need to pull back a bit. Yeah. So yeah, intuition can play a huge part in getting really clear before we set about to minimize some of the struggles we have. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that it's easy to get caught up in the holidays and then you set these goals and then February comes around, life gets in the way, kids got to go to soccer, whatever happens, you are having a heat wave over there. So you're stuck in the house. And so sometimes those expectations we put on ourselves or goals seem so far away when those things are happening. So I'd love to hear about how did you get into this? Because I know there's a story there. Oh, it, it's quite interesting because I used to work for a foundation. So over here in Australia, we I worked for Starlight Children's Foundation, which is probably equivalent to your Make-A-Wish Foundations. I was, uh, I was very young. I was in my early 20s and I landed the job of being 
Captain Starlight. So my uh, I'm a total empath, very aware of spirit and had psychic kind of experiences when I was younger, shut it down through my teens like most of us when we think it's all a bit too weird and we just want to fit in and be normal. So I close the door to spirit. And through a series of events working at Starlight, I was introduced to the difficulties and the hardship of seeing children getting really ill and families that were just so beautiful, just experiencing such trauma, both physically, mentally, spiritually, and just having this big, why is this happening? I had a really basic kind of worldview of if I'm good and I'm a good girl and do good things will happen. It was like this way of just be kind. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I was raised to be honest and have integrity. And as some kind of superficial way of that means life will be easier for me and those I love. And then all of a sudden I was thrown into a bit of chaos when one of the children at Starlight that I'd gotten to know over a nine-year period and nine-month period, sorry. And much to my mum's advice, because I was still living at home, she's don't get too close. I don't think this job's going to be good for you, Lisa, because, you know, when the kids pass away, as this happens, unfortunately, and you're in a hospital environment, so it's they're there because they're critically ill, she could envision that would be difficult for me. And it was. So I was fine when we were playing games and doing all the fun stuff, which was my role. I was there to entertain and brighten their lives and make them laugh. And, but it was... Yeah, it was one little girl in particular that kind of climbed into my heart. And I also saw myself and my family represented in hers. Mm. Her mum and dad were beautiful, her sister. And I think for me, it just seemed so unfair when she died. And I had a big argument with what I perceived as being God. (laughs) Because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I was angry. and, And it was through a process of emotional burnout And also from running, I ran a Starlight Express room. So I had all the volunteers to manage. I was, had quite a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. That long story short, I ended up having a bit of a mental breakdown. So it was just, it was burnout is what it would be diagnosed as. And I happened to be in my auntie's house in Sydney. I went over there for a holiday working kind of trip. And while I was there, I was a bit miserable and and the the emotions, just when you get away from home, they just bubbled up and started surfacing. And one of her friends was there and said, can I give you Reiki? And I'd never heard of it. And I said, yeah, sure. Sure, (laughs) anything. Yeah, whatever. I'll try anything at this point. And she sat me down in a lounge room, just on a chair, like I'm sitting now, and she laid her hands on my shoulders And she just, with gentle, Reiki is a gentle healing touch. Just by laying her hands on my head, there there was something about stopping, slowing everything down and being embraced by love, by this loving tenderness that came from just another woman that I didn't know very well, but it, it was just this energy that I didn't understand at the time. But to give you, I tried to intellectualize what it did to me, but If you could imagine taps being opened underneath the soles of your feet and all the stress just pouring out of my body Mm. and in its place being just held and embraced by this loving energy, I felt that that peace and that nurtured love for the first time in a long time. And back then I was very highly critical of myself, used to beat myself up and certainly wasn't nice in my internal dialogue, very bit of a perfectionist and 
the greatest friend to everyone else, but not so much myself back then. And I was suffering insomnia. So that first night I went to bed not really knowing what to expect and woke up in the morning <laughs> just thinking, oh, my God, I've slept all night. And then the, the when something's in your path and it's meant to be, there was this electrified feeling of, oh, my God, I want to know more. This mm. is amazing. What on earth is this? And then when I went back to work, arrived in Perth, was introduced to a new volunteer who, when I asked her what she does or tell me about yourself, she tells me she's a Reiki healer. Now this oh, is It's like the universe ago. just sending oh, you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Grabbed her and ran her upstairs and said, can you give me Reiki? And I became, I just couldn't get enough of it. And different person, different place, exact same feeling of just complete expansiveness and just I, I just entered into this surrendered what we would probably associate now as being mindful and being in a meditative kind of space mm-hmm. where all that in, a, in the mind just took a back seat and just kind of chilled out. And I, I equate it now as Reiki enhances this surrender experience where we lean back into the seat of our soul where peace resides. And we're so used to being in this dominant mind where we get so consumed by our emotions and consumed by what's going on around us that we forget that there's this observer aspect or the spiritual aspect or our soul or high self guides and all it, that is also a part of our life experience that we can learn from, connect with, receive love from instantaneously without needing it from others. And ultimately it just enhances all of our relationships when we can come to others from a place of love and from that to me that surrendered experience sorry it's a long story I get yeah no it's great (laughs) I think first of all sorry for your loss I if you've listened to my podcast or even if you haven't my brother I lost my brother to leukemia so that conversation that you had that argument you had with your perceived god I also have had as well and There's so much to unpack in your story. I think that one of the things that really stands out to me that resonates, I know that resonates with me, but also with a lot of listeners is that we try as women to have it all put together and to be a great friend, a great mother, a great family member and do all these things. But you said something that said, I was a great friend, but not to myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I see this time and time again with so many of my clients and so many of my students. I've been teaching, like you said, for nearly two decades now. So Mm -hmm. the the biggest mindset hack, for want of a better word, is understanding or recognising that we're not our thoughts Mm -hmm. and that when we get our mind to work for us instead of against us, meaning when we when we step into the surrendered state, which is taking that observer view of what we're thinking and how we're feeling, and to me this is more when I move into the spiritual work with people, mm-hmm. it unlocks a freedom because we suddenly learn how to become free from who we think we are or who we've been conditioned to believe we are. And for me, I was an extreme warrior. I used to be stressed all the time, very hard on myself. And I just thought that was the way I was, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. But sensitive back then to me was like a curse. It wasn't a positive thing. It was like mum would throw it or you're so sensitive, Lisa. It was 
because I was emotional, I felt the world and I didn't realize that the reason I'm so empathic and the reason I feel so much is because I was a natural born light worker. So on the flip side of it, when we start to learn more about love and how we can make a positive contribution on, on the planet, but most importantly, within our own life and our family and our loved ones, we understand that sensitivity is actually a gift. It allows us to feel and amplify love just as we can also feel and amplify stress, but stress and negative negative energy or thoughts, thinking, processes, programs, emotions are very low in vibration, dense, don't go very far energetically. So it has a limitation, which is good for us because yeah. when we're being hard on ourselves or being critical, it, it, it doesn't have a huge impact energetically. Yet when you tap into love and you can sit in a session with someone from an open-hearted place of just wanting to nurture them and trust that everyone has within them the solutions that they need, but you're bringing all of yourself to that space and all of yourself meaning you're connected to your soul and open to your spiritual wisdom and intuition and guides and angels or whatever you want to call that extra element the miracle the opportunity for change and transformation can happen instantaneously right before your eyes because and we don't know we don't fully understand how or why but there's just some power that comes from that space of love Mm -hmm. that revolutionizes people it heals it people release guilt shame that some some of the clients I've worked with have carried for years like for Mm -hmm. sometimes it's decades and deep shame's hidden they don't reveal it to anyone but when people feel and it has to be an authentic thing you can't fake it like it's you either have done your work and I'm still doing it because it never stops but when you've learned to love yourself to a certain level you naturally have that ability to influence others and when they feel that natural resonance they know they're in a safe place and quite often they will share and reveal and be met with love and met with acceptance and met with Mm. we all have pain we've all done things we wish we hadn't and we've all we've all got things buried that when we just bring it to the surface and allow ourselves to find acceptance we heal and healing is not because we're broken it's because we're human like yeah we're human. We're, this is life. We're here to fall and, and that is where the greatest growth comes from. So it's it's just been the most incredible journey and I continue on it because no two clients are the same, no two students are the same, no two classes are the same because when you work from that basis of intuition, you're mm-hmm. naturally organically moving with a group and sharing and, and learning and it's just, it's this co-creation with universe that's it's hard to believe that people don't trust their intuition and their Mm -hmm. psychic abilities and their soul and that as a society and a culture we think that's weird like we think that's weird I think it's too because you brought this up about how as a child you wanted to fit in I think so many things as children like we ask children what do you want to be when you grow up like they even know but when they do tell us They'll say stuff like, I want to be an author. And so, oh, you're not good at writing. And so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff that comes out of people's mouths. And so we that's push. exactly what I had. And I was an author. And oh, my yeah. God, 
at play on creating so many difficulties with getting to the end of that goal and actually writing my book. Yeah, but I love how you talked about really getting back to that core and loving yourself to then help others because I think there's so many times where we are taught not to trust our intuition. Like we should do this. Oh, Oh, is that the smartest thing to do? Or, oh, have you thought about this? Or, oh, you should listen to your teacher. My, I was a, just a little side note. I wanted to be a horse trainer and I went to my counselor at school and she said, that's not a real job. And I'm like, but that lady who's the horse trainer who pays me every month, yeah. That's her job. <laughs> and so Lee, I had enough gumption to be like, I'm not coming to you anymore. But I yeah, go back to that. widely is something that I lean on a lot because people are very quick to offer opinions. Yeah. And 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 we do, we take them literally and, and we it slows our progress. We're, we're hard enough on ourselves, let alone having other people with limiting beliefs squashing our passions <laughs> way, way too often. So uh, you talk a lot about intuition, like how obviously you went from being somebody who was a learner to now you're a teacher of this practice. How does somebody really learn to lean into their intuition or what does that even look like? To me, it was a natural desire to want to experience that state that I felt when I received Reiki. So for me, I've got a questioning mind. I'm always asking why, how, I want to understand. And I I wanted to understand the spiritual with my logical mind. I wanted it to not just be this mystical thing I didn't get. I really wanted the answers. So that led me on the uh, typical spiritual seeker. It was like there was this, I feel like before I met Jacqueline, my Reiki master, because we always learn Reiki through a master that's been there before you, and I went on a two-year spiritual mentorship with her, but I was literally like, my mind was fixed and it was like when I learned Reiki, the whole world opened up and there was this universe on the other side and it felt to me like everything I've been taught has just been blown out of the water. There's this whole other reality that mm-hmm. is based on the imagination, which is interesting because we've been taught and conditioned to really rely heavily on our logic and our analytical mind, which is our ego essentially, which is fine. We need that. We need our, like this, we have to embrace and love the mind and the ego, but it is primarily fear-based mm-hmm. versus this other aspect of spirit that we connect through our imagination. So we've all been taught that imagination is not real. So they set up the challenge, right? Because we're told it's not real, you're making it up, it's imagined. Yet when I went into that world of imagination, I recognised that where I struggled at school, and I'm prob- I, I know I'm ADHD undiagnosed, but I've got a mind that thinks differently to others, I found that was my intelligence. It was my capacity and ability to connect into that imagination. I was an actor when I was younger, but... I loved and was passionate about what I could sense and feel and see using clairvoyance. So clairvoyance is inner seeing with the inner mind. And what I realised and what I learned as a psychic medium when I went on that journey to, to discover how to tap in and interpret the messages I was getting, what I realised is that we use our imagination in order to connect with spirit. So we have to unlock that belief and the programming, which is just education. It's just what we've been taught doesn't mean it's correct that because it's made up doesn't mean it's valid Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we listen to that inner critic, that inner bitch. Mm-hmm. No one questions that. No one goes, I shouldn't trust this person that's pounding on me and telling me all these awful things. What about yet there's love that comes in that's kind and gentle and nurturing and passive and easy. That's the aspect we question because yep. it's just not norm for us yet. I think, wow, isn't that interesting as a concept that something that's loving, we think, oh, I can't trust it. <laughs> it's too, it sounds too good to be true, right? We've got all the cliches that go with it that undermine mm-hmm. the very thing that is there to help us to accept all the ups and downs of life and to breathe peace and kindness and love. And so for me, in the early days, I had the inner critic that was very like everyone else's. And then I was introduced to my spirit guide. My spirit guide came in the form of a female opposite to me in oh, my mind. Interesting. Thoughts. It was where I'd be critical and hard on myself. And I'd ask Anya, uh, Angie back then was my guide's name. I'd, I'd ask her what she felt and she'd give me a different perspective, one that came from love. So then I learned more how to connect and tune into my guide and I'd just ask her all the time her opinion on things because it was way nicer than mine. <laughs> and then yeah. over time I developed that relationship where it was really just setting up internal communication that was yeah. the thing with your guidance is that it knows who you are and what you want and it knows everything about you versus we go outside of ourselves to check with everyone else and quite often we get misled or misguided because if I go to a friend of mine that loves being a stay-at-home mum and ask her about entrepreneurship, she's going to go, why would you want to do that, Lisa? Whereas if I go to a business owner that's like, how do you manage family and Mm -hmm. work and not feel guilty, she'll have a different response to one of my friends that loves being a stay-at-home mum. So I think that internal connection is so important. Yeah. And I think you bring up such an interesting point because I I had somebody who was a mentor and he said, whatever answer you want, you'll find it somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, if you want somebody to talk, he would say, if you want somebody to talk you out of doing this, you'll find somebody who'll do that. And if you want somebody to talk you into doing this, you'll find somebody to do that. And I, I just love that you really talk about tapping into your inner self, because I don't think that any of these people who we seek advice from or counsel from come at it from how can I totally mess this up or how can I mess with them or anything like that. But they all come at it from their own lens and their own experience. And so there is wisdom in mentorship and seeking others. But I still go back to you truly have to know yourself in order to sift through that advice. Yeah. And I know for me, when I first went on the journey of Reiki, it was like permission to get to know myself, but I didn't necessarily Mm. know who I wanted to be. So it was not only, and funny because in my job, I wore all these masks. I was an actor. I had to dress up as Captain Starlight. I had the cape. and, And as time went on, the more I started on the Reiki path, the more I started on understanding who I am and who I want to be and getting to create and mold myself also based on admiring people around me, mentors that came in that I just, one teacher just had a value of kindness. And I watched kindness play out in her life. And I watched how she would just see a customer come in the shop and compliment her with real love. 
and kindness. And I'm like, I want that. Like that became mm-hmm. my inherited value then because I went, I want to be more kind to myself yeah. and others. And when you see, so to me, I've been on this journey of always growing and always evolving and wanting to be, yeah, I, I guess we're not these fixed human beings. And isn't that amazing that my husband had leukemia as well. So oh, fast sorry. got married, had mm-hmm. two kids, pregnant with my second daughter, Hannah. And Gerald gets diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Now, remember my history of starlight, mm-hmm. I went into major meltdown. And he was just like, oh, is this something I'll have to deal with for the rest of my life? He had no idea. Yeah. And he was a bit he was a bit blase about the whole thing and just used humor, which was unusual because all the nurses are like, Does he understand the severity of what's actually happening here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but we leaned on spiritual practices, Reiki. He listened to Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you know who he is, mm-hmm. but yeah. And Gerald's Gerald, he didn't fight the fight of cancer. So a lot of people talk about the battle and having to go into battle and fight the hard fight. And Gerald and I discuss it quite often because he said he just surrendered to it. And mm. the gift in him in, in his leukemia was that he hated his job. And it took him off the grid and allowed him time to not work, to go, who am I? What do I want? It's the same thing that I had when I learned Reiki. I started creating who I wanted to be and deciding who I wanted to be. He did the same thing through leukemia. And then he made a decision to change careers, which is huge as a, and it was not easy because we were on one income. We had two babies. Yeah. I was just doing Reiki as a hobby. And then he's just like, I'm going to change job, leave a, he was a sales rep with a company car, mobile phone, and literally everyone saying, don't do it. You're crazy. Keep the money, work for the money. And he just knew inherently within himself, I have to do this. Like this yeah. job's killing me, literally killing me. And he made a full recovery. Now he's 13, sorry, 16 years in remission now. Wow. And it never came back. So we we absolutely have deep respect for those that, and like your brother, Sarah, I'm so sorry, I, he didn't make it. Is that right? Yeah. He passed away yeah. when he was 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that devastating to have that loss in your life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. But on Thank the you. other side of it is it taught me about life on the other side as well and how to still have and make connections with those that have transitioned and passed over because love yeah. never dies. They do in the physical, but their energy carries forth and we can still connect with them, which wow. is part of what I teach in the intuitive side of Reiki. Yeah. I just, you're, I could talk to you all day about your journey and your life. If someone's listening right now and they know that they've lost their way or their self or they're struggling or they even like your husband who was on a journey that wasn't where he wanted to be going, what would you suggest they do to start to really tap into their true self? Do you know, to me, it's you have to slow down life. You have to stop. You have to stop mm-hmm. the hustle because and that's what that that is why so many people make radical changes when they get a diagnosis that's terminal especially or a significant health crisis they stop they stop working they stop and I'm and I'm not saying everyone can do that obviously yeah. when it becomes critical they have motivation to change so we don't have to wait until life becomes so mm-hmm. critical 
that we change. Do it like I did in the graceful, gentle way. Like I just was curious. I learned a modality that that basically is set up as a foundation to teach you how to lean into more happiness and self-love. So the practices and the tools that I have in my training, and I have it all as self-paced online training. So no matter where you are in the world, you can learn through my Reiki course. And then you take it, you take what you learn online and apply it in person with your loved ones. You practice Reiki. Reiki automatically slows us down, but gives Mm. us, it gives our mind something to be doing. That's why so many people that have very active minds and mind goes crazy. Like Mm -hmm. I've got a very busy mind. Meditation was really difficult. But when I was doing Reiki, my mind had something to think about and to focus on, which was the other person, not myself which is the first tip Ooh, is that when we're interesting. Others, doing something for others, we automatically heal because we get to put all our stuff down. And when we do, and we're tapping into that energy, which is a foundation of love, ideas and inspiration for us and them come through. And that begins this gentle kind of self-inquiry. And we start to work out how we can easily make changes in our life that don't really rock the boat, over time because yeah. we want to create sustainable change that lean leans us into more happiness. And that has a ripple effect in your whole community. It has a ripple effect in your family, for yourself. And, and it is as simple as having that intention and that desire to, as women especially, put ourselves first. And when we fill our own cup, the cup then runneth over and we have yeah. more to give from a and the and energy when you tap into it is it expands with love and positivity versus contraction with fear and negativity. So when we start leaning in, the changes happen gracefully, if that makes sense. They don't come yeah. from because they're not coming from a battle. They're not coming from a fight. They're not coming from smashing it out of the gym. They're coming from this place of ease and grace. And your every cell in your body is geared towards well-being. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I could go on and on. No, it's great. I could listen to you all day. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to pack 20 years into half an hour. It's very difficult. Yeah, but just get on the journey and and we'll grow with you in independently. Yeah. As you make the decisions based on what you want. And it's as simple as that. And having support from the community, I've got a beautiful community of heart-based, you know, light workers and healers that love getting in and just helping the newbies as they're on the journey beginning because we've all been there. Yeah. But I think the one really cool thing you brought up was like combating the hustle culture. I think so often and pounding it out at the gym and just getting all these things done. And I think it's really what I loved about your message was that it's tapping into what you truly want and who you truly are. And so much of that hustle culture that's put on our plates or pushed in our face from society it causes us to get away from that. And oh, so much. And I think yeah. I look at people that are they wait and come to Reiki yeah. when the kids have left the house and they're empty nesters and they're like, oh, now what? Or they've got the house, got the boat, got the yeah. marriage, got the two kids, and they're not fulfilled. And they're like, hang on a minute. Like society gave me this promise that if I had all the clothes yeah. and all the things all the money in the bank, I'd be happy. And they're like, you look at spiritual communities where it fosters on connection and helping one another, they thrive and they don't have a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
we look at some of Nepal and some of these other cultures where they're not working and grinding, that they're out playing and they're kicking footies and they're helping yeah. each other. So, um, I, I think know, about the people when I was working a lot with people in Ireland and England, they'd be like, I'm on holiday for six weeks. I'm like, what? Like, what? What are we doing here? I get one week vacation when I was in corporate America. They could one, not believe it. One week. Even one in week. Australia, we get four. Yeah, one, one week. week. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we only just recently had the shops open on Sundays. Because <laughs> yeah. it's only been a couple of years in Australia that we always had Sundays, all the shops were closed. And now people are going and we're doing our food shopping on a Sunday. Whereas we would be hanging out doing whatever yeah yeah going out and doing fun stuff again I could talk to you all day if somebody's listening and this is really resonating with them how might they get in touch with you and start doing this work what could they expect I have two free offers one is for those that are really wanting to dive into the spiritual psychic development which is a learn to channel quiz and Mm. I've also got a, a reiki guide free reiki guide that you can get off my website so if you go to um, intuitivereiki.com.au so chuck the au on the end you'll be able to find yeah find my website and lots of information on there and i'm on all the social media so intuitive reiki on facebook and insta and i've just started on tiktok that's a bit of fun (laughs) oh tiktok my dog's on tiktok oh really yeah she does quite well on tiktok how do you what do you do with your dog on tiktok oh today (laughs) we went to a mall that they're gonna tear down and we did a walk in the mall and that was quite popular we did a lot of training in the mall we they turned the escalators off so we don't have stairs where i live so she's not real good at stairs so we practice going up and down stairs and yeah Oh, that's fun. I've got a Kelpie puppy, which has been keeping me very busy. Oh, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's 11 months now. Oh, you have have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Yes, yes. Cool. Yeah, it's been such a great conversation. And I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes. And again, I could talk to you all day. I think this is just fascinating. And I think so many business owners right now and women in general are just really looking at February and thinking, how am I going to get all this done? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when we create a bit of space, Mm -hmm. it opens up creative intuition and then ideas flow that make life easier, I think. And that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Okay. Bold goal crushers. It's time to get out there and get to it because you can accomplish your goals without working double time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.